1: Yeah, it's serious, right? We've got to take some, some things serious. It's a time to be to be sober, but but there's also a time to to uh to have some fun with God. And if you look at the book of Acts, chapter two, man, they were they were having fun with the Holy Spirit, amen. And so we have a good time. And last year, man, we had an encounter with God. There's about forty or fifty kids who just got filled with God's And so we've seen some amazing things. Not only we have moves of God, but we have fun, right? We have fun. We we play games. We do all kinds of crazy stuff. Gaga ball was a big hit. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, but you can ask the teenagers more about that. Our ministry is is uh is, is just trying to reach people. We got information in so the back there. We I get to travel across America. We had a, another kids' camp in the Cayman Islands last year. I okay, the so Cayman Islands. Come on, come on, smile on your brother a little bit. You know, you know, if you celebrate someone else's blessings, you're next in line. Amen. Come on. I said, I got to have a kids' camp in the Cayman Islands. You see, I'm always looking for good volunteers, you know, y'all. you know, There may be an opportunity to come with me to the Cayman Islands. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not a hard selling point to get people to go to that mission field, you know. And we did. We had an amazing time there. Um, reaching Kids, young kids, like five to. Right there in the service. One girl, she got uh, she got filled with God's spirit. Next thing I know, I was led to have her just break for some of the boys, and she had the boys. So she, she went from, from receiving from God to going and ministering for God. It was awesome in you know, a moment of time like that. So we got to see some cool stuff. Yeah,
0: I got this some
1: square because I can't So anyway,
0: that's a little bit about us. We got social media, Snapchat, Twitter, you
1: saw one man, he was thinking, he said, no, you should have brought your Bible, I'm going to teach you a lesson. <laughs> we live in such a cool time in America that even if you didn't bring your Bible, we're going to have the scriptures on the screen, amen, and uh, my goodness, I got an iPhone 7 Plus here, I got a, I got all kinds of Bible versions on my phone in one app, so, um, so let's get into this. What I want to talk about this morning is uh, it matters who we're connected to. I'll say that again. It matters who we're connected to. You know, you are you are influenced by your associations, whether it's good or bad. Amen. You hang around certain people, most likely you're going to basically start doing things like those people do. Okay. I'm preaching. You're shouting back to me this morning. I said you are most likely to become the sum total of those you spend the majority of your time with on a consistent basis. Lot become like those who we associate with. You hang out with a bunch of knuckleheads, chances are you're probably going to be a knucklehead. Why did I look at the teenagers when I said that? You hang out with a bunch of bunch of business-minded people? My goodness, they're so, you know, you're talking all kinds of business talk. Why? You just, you just human. That's just the nature of us, as we've been created by God, we tend to absorb and become like those We surround ourselves with, amen. And so, basically, what I want to share with you tonight is (laughs) tonight, this morning, whatever it is. I'm preaching here tonight too. Oh, by the way, you want to come back tonight? Because we're gonna have a party. It's gonna be fun. Bring, bring a friend, like for real. Bring a friend that like that doesn't come around God. Let's. I'm freaking out a little bit, but. It needs to be orchestrated, whatever needs to be changed, whatever kind of chemical thing, whatever the body does, Lord, you know all the details. And I'm just right now, by faith, stepping out and trusting that you will see to it that those bodies be made
0: whole. And God, I declare it. I don't have to beg you for it. I don't have to shout, holler, do back
1: foot for it. By faith, I declare it. Ian and Heather, be made whole and be free to do disease now in the name of Jesus. It's important to be uh, obedient to the Holy Ghost. You know, it's important to take risks and to step out by faith. You just never know who you might preach. I was on my way out here today, and, uh, yesterday, and I stopped at a gas station. And, uh, and in there, the, the lady at the, the register, she, she was checking me out, and all of a sudden she bends over like this, and I can tell she was in pain. You know, with her face was like this, and, uh, you can tell they're probably in pain. And, it was, and she's bending over like this, like, oh, uh, I go through my process, and now I'm at this. You know, you ever had those arguments in your head? Like, do, like kind of like with the coat, probably like, okay, do I do it or do I not do it? Like, there's people around here, I'm in a gas station, like it's not even a church setting, or probably do I say anything or not? And so I have learned, because God's been so cool to me. He's, you know, I'm a Holy Ghost guy, just, just to kind of tell myself. But for whatever reason, the Lord has allowed me to preach until the Baptist churches, is Methodist. Denominational church, a and he's dying. Like, I, I, for whatever reason, God opened the doors for me to go to these places. I'm like, here I am, Lord, give me. Let's go, baby. Let's let's do it. Is there people there, I'm in. Amen. And so I've learned to minister where some people kind of think of, you know, Holy Ghost people kind of weird. Some of them are more, kind of weird. Let's just be honest. But I've learned that you can actually. Minister God's power and God's healing, and, and have a word for somebody. You don't have to be weird about it. Like you don't have to be like,
0: Ooh,
1: "Let's stand up and, and you know that's how you pull your personality cool oh, More power to you. But the places I go, man, sometimes people are like, oh, "I don't know how to you." So I learned to be normal and be Christian and be powerful all at the same time, and it's actually possible. And so I'm at this gas station and this woman obviously is in pain. I didn't need a, you know, a gift of the Holy Spirit to, to tell me about this stuff. I, I could just physically see she's doing this. Her face is excruciating pain. You know, it's kind of... What's going on? She's like, oh, my back is killing me. Ding, ding, ding. Now I have a confession. That's a whole other sermon. I won't go there. Her back is killing me. It's just it's very cool, very calm, very collected. I didn't make a big deal about it. She said, the Lord just told me well, I'm supposed to have a word for you. I said, you know what? Just casual, so I'm getting my stuff in my life. I said, and people around, you know, I don't know if anybody heard me or not, but I said, I said something to the effect of I said, well, I just, I said, well, I don't know how to say holy spirit. I said, something to the effect of Well, just go ahead and be healed in the name of Jesus. Something real kind of casual like that. You see, you don't have to be all like, I got to be trying to teach you it. You don't have to be all like, What's the word weird about it? You know what I'm saying? Like, you could just be normal. But if you believe the words that you say, they can have an impact. Not I didn't stick around to see how she felt, but I said those words, and guys, I'm telling you, the Bible tells me in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, 23, 24, that if I have faith, right, in God, that I can speak to a mountain. I can tell it where to go. And if I believe the things that I say, I'll have whatsoever I say. So if I'm telling this woman to be healed or back, what? Well, unbelief. The power of God is, but He's moving and helping them. But it matters who you're connected to. Yeah, to okay, we'll see how it all
0: back.
1: See, if I was around some people that, that all they talked was doubt and unbelief, most likely I'm not going to be one of those people that's going to step out and tell the gas station attendant to be healed. If I'm around people that don't believe healing, most likely I'm not going to talk about healing. If I'm not around people that are bold, and if I don't listen to people that are bold, most likely I'm not going to be bold. Oh. So the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, it says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. That he stood, we're talking about Jesus here, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Good. <laughs> Some of those words, and you know, it's like, why, why can't y'all just have like lake feet? You know what I mean? Like, Why can't it be simple? And, and uh, Jesus saw these two boats; they were standing up by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them, and they were washing their necks. And they got into one of the bunks, which, which was Simon's, so And that's Peter, in case you're wondering who Simon is. That's Peter. That's the same guy that, that cut the dude's ear off when Jesus got arrested. Peter's the one that walked on water. Peter was like a like, radical realtor. Like. Peter was either like gung-ho for Jesus or like gung-ho for the world. You know what I mean? He was like, I love Jesus! I don't even know the man. You know, he was just like, he was all or nothing. You know what I mean? And, and I can respect all or nothing people because you at least know where they stand. You know, you ever just have people, you, you're just not quite sure where they stand. You, I guess, I'm not too sure about you. I may not like all the things that people, where I know where they stand. I may not like everything they say, but I at least got respect because I at least know where they stand. You know, I can respect someone like you. And so Peter there uh, had these folks, and, and uh, one of them anyway. And he asked, Jesus asked him to put out a little from the land. And, and Jesus sat down and he began to teach the multitudes from the boat. Can you say Jesus was teaching? Verse 4 says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your necks for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, man, we've coiled. We've been working all night. We ain't caught nothing. The message says we ain't even caught so much as a minnow. But nevertheless, it's your word, I'll let down the net. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So, verse seven, they signaled to their partners in the other boat, in the other boat, to come and help them. Someone say, "Signal your partner." They signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats. Man, I know where I'm going with this. I'm about ready to shout. This is awesome. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, "Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O oh Lord." And he said, it. "If you notice that, what's the King James? King James has a period, but the New King James here has an exclamation point after that. Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O oh Lord!" I looked at that word "simple" just this morning because I was curious what it means. I can assume what it means to be sinful, but I looked it up, and you know what that word sinful means? It means someone that is preeminently wicked, like they have a certain vice. <laughs> you understand? Kind of like every one of us, probably at some point in our life, had something that we dealt with. Amen? Don't look at me so holy and sanctified. Come on, you know, we all dealt with something at some point in our life. Amen? And Peter here he's, he's recognizing, man, I am a sinner. One that is basically bound to doing contrary to God type things. And he recognized this. Verse 9, For he and all who were with him were astonished. They were astonished. They were amazed. They were like teenagers from Christ. said, oh, you what just happened? Just like that. And Kaylee might, might do a little step at something they were astonished. They the Texas fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were, look at this word, partners. They were partners. They partnered Partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. For From now on, you'll catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they pursued took call and followed Him. Now there is a much of stuff I can talk about. I'm going to try to kind of streamline some things this morning, but I could go about, I don't know, probably four or five different directions just in those 11 verses. So, y'all yeah, pray for me. Pray for me, Come on, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. So, let's go back to Let's break this story down just a little bit. The theme I want you to walk away with today, what I really want you to understand, is it's like if you're just to sum this whole thing up, I want you to walk away with the reality, the truth, that it connected. Okay? It matters who you're associated with. Like, it matters where you go to church. It even matters where you work. It matters who you marry. Come on, marry people. Well, I can meddle on that one, but y'all know it's true. My, oh, my goodness. Lord Jesus, I go down that
0: road.
1: It matters who you marry. Come on, you remember this? When, when you were young and, and you were in love, Oh, my goodness. They just, they could do no wrong. you can stay up till 6 in the morning, talk the phone. I love you. No, you hang up. No, oh, you hang up. Actually, nowadays, we'd be texting. No, you stop texting. No, you stop texting. Y'all remember them days? Oh, it's the one. It's the one. It's the one. Right? The one, right?
0: Okay.
1: And then all of a sudden, you get married. I goodness, this wedding day was awesome. Praise the Lord. Life goes on. Now you got a couple kids. You don't pick up your underwear. You know, real life stuff. The laundry is piling up. You come home and, and, and maybe you think, man, when well, I get married, my woman's gonna have me food of the table when I walk in the door every day. And then she's working a full-time job. You know, you, you stare. It's like, man, you're fighting it up. Oh yeah, it ain't it ain't all that was packed up to me when you were 16 years old dreaming, right? Because look, life. Happens, and then you discover that that love isn't just a feeling. Love really boils down to it's a choice. I choose to love you with your fake breath and all. Come on, somebody, you're laughing because it's true. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Marriage takes work. You know, with what I do and the way I travel, I'm, I'm out of town. Like I preached in Montgomery Friday night, I preached in Valley, Alabama, which is close to the Georgia border in Alabama. Um, Saturday morning, uh, I'm here this week. Uh, today, I potentially uh, preached in Auburn on uh, the third. I'm going to be in Linden, Alabama, on I think the 16th. We got a winter camp. so I'm, I'm out of town. Interesting. And you know, if I had a woman, and nothing wrong, if, if this is not yours, please don't take any kind of comment. But my wife. It's perfect for me. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it works for what what I do in the calling of my life. But if my wife was so like dependent on Zachary, never leave my side, don't ever go, I can't you without you, like I, I I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. Like, I, I just it just would not work. But my wife, she's the type of woman like Zachary. Are you not done yet? Like, no. Like, get out of here. I love you. I genuinely love you. You are my husband. You're awesome. But I you got somewhere to go preach now? I mean, come on. I know. You've been here like four days. What are you doing here, man? Get
0: out
1: of here. She's, she's just an independent woman. She's very self-sufficient. She's the oldest of her family. I'm the baby. It just works. You said, I, I'm okay with her taking care of me and doing these things. Exactly. You got your belt. Exactly. You got your underwear. Exactly. You got your socks. You get your razor. Yes. Okay. Thank God for my wife. How am I getting out of this? I really don't know. So it's not in my notes, but hopefully it's blessing somebody. But my point is this: it matters. Well, you're connected to even in marriage. Amen. All right. So, so Jesus is preaching. If you preview these verses, he so just got done doing a bunch of healings in Luke chapter four. In Luke chapter five, he's preaching the word. He sees these boats up there, and the way it worked back in the days is they had like this this, this cliff or something here, and the water the acoustics, I'm 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 in a church of musicians, so you guys can appreciate this. But the acoustics were very uh, very good for a preacher because the water was behind him and it somehow I don't understand the whole technicality aspect of it, but it somehow helped project his voice as one off the cliffs and so he had his back to the water. He's in the boat, he's preaching to all the people that were pressing against him and all of a sudden he's preaching the word. And and what happened was Peter had, in a sense, thrown his boat or partnered up with Jesus, or connected up with Jesus in His ministry to allow Him to preach the Word. Amen. You understand? Like, man, I tell you what. As preachers, we need help. If You think it's just getting up and talking to people? No, man. The praise and worship helps set the atmosphere. If nobody showed up, I'd be preaching empty walls, which I have preached to nobody in the audience before. I have the time that. I started out preaching by myself in a room. I, people were there in my mind, but they weren't actually in the room. Gotta start somewhere, amen. And so, everything has its part. And so, Peter sewed his boat and allowed Jesus to work uh, his his preaching style there for the boat. And all of a sudden, he gets done speaking. And he says, "Peter, he says, launch out into the deep for a catch." Now, now, come on. How many of y'all work a full time job? Raise your hand. Like, like you, a full time job. Okay. So, whatever your field is, let's pretend you're a fisherman or or whatever it is that you do. Well, all of a sudden, the preacher comes up to you. You thought, yeah, you were doing your good duty, man. You were helping the preacher preach, and you let him borrow a microphone, or he let him borrow whatever the deal was, and, and you showed him the ministry He's you know, like, man, you know, he hears from God. He said, now, now, I know you've been working all night. I know you've been out there all night fishing, but why don't you go one more time and just throw your net out to the deep? And Peter's response was probably like most of us when God asks us to do things. <sighs> Okay, I got a bunch of parents in here. It's like when you ask your teenager to clean their room. Maybe sort up of the synagogue every now and again, but then also maybe uh, cussing someone out the next day. Peter, Peter talked about partying. But Peter was probably the guy that maybe would have done a case stand and then got a synagogue maybe two months later. You understand? He had some stuff he was working on. Okay. Don't look at me so holy and sanctified. I'm a traveling preacher. I know what kind of stuff goes on in these churches. Y'all are so quiet this world you so well. us the other church. the other church. Y'all never have any issues. Never struggled with nothing. Okay. Uh, Should so yeah, we have an altar call for long? He says, "Look, I, I, I've been working all night. I ain't caught nothing, but but I'm going to do it just because he said so." So verse six, he says, "And they have done this. They caught a great number of fish. So much so that their net was breaking. Their net was breaking. Now here's my question to you: What?" What has Jesus spoken to you to do, Nicholas? What has Jesus called you to do? What has He asked you to do that may be contrary to what you want to do? Man, I've tried to do this all these years. I've, I've been working and toiling all these times, but I'm so thankful for the verse. I believe it's in the book of Proverbs. It may be in the book of Psalms. Pardon me for not knowing off the top of my head. I should have done better. But it says, it says, uh, the, 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 the blessing of the Lord maketh rich no sorrow with it. There's no toil in God's blessing. So if you find yourself toiling, if you find yourself working and getting minimal results or no results, that's a good indicator you may not be doing it exactly the way God said to do it. Let me try this side up here. If you've been working and toiling and stressing and sweating to the point that, that you're putting all this energy and effort out and the results are minimal or zero, it may be a good indicator you're not doing it exactly how God said to do it. Okay, that was good. Sound good? Do I need to preach the same thing? Okay, are we good? Y'all understand what I'm saying? Like, like guys, if we're stressed out and and, and Dude, You're tripping. Man, we're stressing out. We're trying to do all these things and getting zero results. It may be a time that we need to go and start associating a little bit closer to Jesus. It may be time if you find yourself toiling, you find yourself stressing, you find yourself working and getting zero results, it may be time for you to draw near to Jesus. You know, this altar some people's minds, I, I have this thought that the altar is almost like a place you don't really want to be seen in the church. Because there's always this mindset that at the altar, you only go there if, if like you've done some bad sin or something. But, I mean, come on, anybody else have that kind of thought? Sometimes you see, oh, what they do? did do yesterday? You should have tent. What oh, were they at the altar for? Oh yeah, look at them, they're praying. They must have been doing some crazy saying or something, you know. But the beautiful thing about the altar, guys, is that it doesn't have to just be a place where you're repenting of your sin. It could be a place where you just come in draw close to God. Man, hitting your knees. We sing the song about finding us on our knees. What is it? That's a posture of prayer. That's a place where we go in prayer saying, God, man, I thank you so much. I find myself toiling. I find myself stressing. But Lord Jesus, what is your command? What is your will? What is your word? What is your direction? And even though we may not want to, even though we may have a good excuse, I've been doing it this way all night. And I ain't got no results. But yet you're telling me to do it one more time? Fine, Jesus. Everlasted, you were. and They really what I want to hear. Can't you just make the fish swim and jump in my boat? I mean, you're the miracle worker, you know. No, no, no. I want you to go out a
0: little bit
1: deeper. That's the key. I want you to go out a little bit deeper than where you've been. You more shallow into the deep. And too many of us as Christians, we we like going shallow. We like doing a little bit of minimal effort. We like showing up and, and saying our, you know, Hail Mary, Our Fathers, all that good stuff. And then go on if
0: you just went a little bit deeper
1: and just think what Jesus said. Come on, smile on your brother. Smile on your brother. Everybody come together. Try to love one. So he says, after they had done this, after they had been obedient to what Jesus said. Come on, how many of y'all have done something in your own strength? Minimal results. What said you prayed, you got a word for God, you did it in God's way, all of a sudden. This is pretty cool. Whoa. And when they had done this, you see the problem is sometimes we like to hear what God says, but we don't want to act upon. What God says. Do you have Mark chapter 4 there you can pull up real quick? Check this out. Mark chapter 4. And I'm going to speak super quick. In case you're wondering, it's
0: like 11.31. If we get out of here in the next 15 minutes, we still may be together we'll to church to
1: the cafeteria, and we'll be all right. So bear with me. Hold on. So he says, he begins to teach. Let us see. He goes on. matter of fact, let me just put there my Bible. That way I can just kind of read fast. Don't lose your place in Mark 5. I want to bring this all home. I need a Luke 5. I want to bring us all home in just a moment. Skip on down to Mark chapter four. Look at verse, verse thirteen. He says, "You do not understand this parable. How then will you not understand all? Uh, how will you? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. Now look, I'm preaching the word. I'm sowing the word. I'm a farmer this morning. My words are being sown into your hearts. Okay, that's, that's why preaching is so so uh foreign to the world. You mean, you're going to hear a bunch of words and your life's going to change? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Words change lives. So my job, what what God's called me to do, is to be a farmer, is to be a sower of, of God's Word into your heart. Alright? Now the Bible does that. It says that the sower sows the Word. He tells us here in verse, uh, let's start in verse 15. And these are the ones by the wayside where the Word is sown. So the Word has been sown but this first round are those that hear the word. They hear. They heard the word. But the Bible says Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So we know the word has been sown. We know that these people heard the word. But immediately Satan came and stole the word. Now tell me this how many of you don't raise your hand, don't look at your neighbor, definitely don't look at your spouse? Okay. But how many of you guys realize, if you, you, you ever come to church, yeah, Pastor God, just of run right? fire messages. like, right? oh, oh, that was a fire, baby. That thing was so rich. Oh, my God, how pumped. Like, let's go to
0: Africa and live the world. Oh, my God, now
1: you're just fired up. And if you walk out those doors and you get in your car, and all of a sudden you get a phone call or a text message or a driver cuts you off. And, or you get an argument with your wife or spouse on the way out of church. Never, don't look! Don't look at him! Don't look at him! Don't tell on yourself! Don't tell on yourself! <laughs> Your kids start just acting wild, like they—they've they, been patty-caking the devil or something. Like, what? Why are you acting like this? Like, you know, I'm good God, I mean, what's going on with you? Immediately, the devil, his soul, is to steal the word. He don't care if Josh lives. He don't care if he dies. The goal that he has is to steal the word from the heart. Right? Why is getting the Word so important? Because the more you sow into your heart, the more it grows. Alright? So the first one is they come, they, they sow the Word, and then the devil comes, and he, he steals immediately the Bible says. Verse 16 These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, and when they hear the Word, they see the Word sown. Again, they heard the Word. Immediately, they receive it with gladness. Woo! Awesome! But the Bible says, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure for only a time. Come on, how many of y'all seen that? They get fired up for Jesus, and then they're down. Where did they go? I mean, they were they were dancing, doing spinning moves on the front while they were freezing. How about three weeks? They endure for a season, but they didn't endure. Come cool. on, okay, all right. And then you got verse. Uh, uh, let's the only for a time, afterward, when the tribulation or persecution arises, look at this, for the Word's sake, immediately they stumble. You know, when I first got, uh, was leaving Texas to come to Alabama, to really just, I didn't really even know what I was getting into. Well, I was going to this ministry called Candleland Ministries. as was an 18 year old kid, and my past is, you know, drug, alcohol, just a mess. I was a sinful man, oh Lord, like you did. Know, uh, very sinful man. And um, actually, wasn't even a man, I was a young teenage boy, really, party before I left. I knew I was going. That's the party. We were drinking, whatever, whatever. And um, and this guy, who's actually now currently serving, uh, I believe it's a 20-year sentence uh, federal time, that does any kind of my, my associations. And as uh, a matter of fact, I got a letter, I think, in front of my car, from someone else. Now, you're laughing at me over here. <laughs> I got a letter. I got a letter from another guy that I used to hang out with that's actually serving his second time in prison after serving a 10-year sentence. So my associations weren't, uh, you know, the best people ever. He looks at me, don't And he says, man, I'll give you three months and you'll be back. No, that almost like the devil himself was talking. I'm going to this place to get in the word, to change my life, to actually try to become a productive member of society. And ain't that like the devil that says so many meetings, I'll give you three months and you'll be back? <laughs> three months came and went, by the grace of God. It's been 18 years. Hallelujah. Over 18 years. And I give God all the glory. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. And they are the ones who hear the Word again. The Word is sown again. And then the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering in. Choke the Word. Choke the Word. Choke the Word. Come on. Someone say the Word. The Word one ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word,
0: Is. accept it
1: and bear fruit. Some 30 fold, some 60, and some 100. They bear fruit. How do you bear fruit? You have to stay connected to the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine. You're the branches. A branch doesn't grow by itself. It has to be connected to the vine. It's important who you're connected Quickly, let's go back to Luke chapter 5. Let's bring this thing home Y'all okay? Come on, look at your name. Just give him a high five, man. Let's just break up the monotony just real quick. Just give him a good old high five. (laughs) What happened? Oh no! Yells it! And immediately the devil comes to steal the word. Oh my goodness. Better give you a high
0: five or I'm going to smack you in the face is what someone said. This passage, passenger, yard are
1: definitely passionate. it. I can see, I can see. <laughs> so, so here we go. So at the thing. So they did it. They were active. They they bore fruit, right? They caught a great number of fish and their net was working. And so they think of the partners in the other boat to come and help them. Guys, what I really want to get across to you this morning is this that got the word from Jesus. Talk to me. Who got the word from Jesus out of this story? Luke chapter 5. Who, who, who did Jesus get the word to? Peter, right? Simon, right? So we understand that Simon was the one that received the word. Launch out to the deep, let your net down for a catch, and you'll catch a, a whole bunch of fish, right? Peter got the word. But as Peter did what Jesus said, the blessing, the reward, the harvest was so rich, was so much, was so big that they literally, Peter literally, could not pull the net in by himself. That his net, his his source, his his uh his thing that was being used to pull in this harvest was literally breaking. It wasn't enough. It was at full capacity, like hell. And verse seven says that he signaled. The message says he waved, "Hey, partners, come help me." Why? Because he was obedient to do what Jesus asked him to do. And the harvest, the blessing came not when he was arguing with Jesus, giving him an excuse. It came after he did what Jesus told him to. <laughs> The word was told. The word was
0: heard. The word was acted upon.
1: The result was myself. Who are you connected to? Who are you partnering with? Who are you associated with? Isn't that interesting to know? not only does that person that got the Word get blessed, your are going to And y'all realize, they are fish it, right? Y'all realize, like that's not getting too spiritual here, both the fish representing dollar dollar bills, y'all. Or shekels, I guess, or that shekel, shekel, Shekels, shekels, shekels. King, That was money to them. Come on, husband. You know, you know you would be all right if you got a boat full of stuff you could go sell. You know your wife would be happy. Don't look at me. Y'all know you women, that was a good time to say amen. Okay. But it happened not when James and John just sat by the side, it happened when they were obedient to the partner up with the you connecting James and John didn't get the word from God.
0: They didn't get
1: the word from God. They partnered up with the Lord that did. Who's God got your partner? I'm, I'm telling you, there's just made love you. partner up with the word that God called you. You know, if lot of partnered up with some of them old friends. Like when I tell you guys, <laughs> yeah, it's very, very possible I yeah, could do Absolutely. I would, uh, I would, gosh, I can tell you three, I know for a fact three of them have served, once served a 20 year sentence, one's already served a 10 year sentence and he's back in
0: for the second time, another one has served a 10 year sentence and he's back in, uh, for a parole
1: violation or something like that. Um, goodness, I can tell you about people that have died. people you people that, that just, are just living, kind of just living their lives, but with the purpose, Since I got such hearts in sceneries. One, because I got saved at 17. I'm I'm just one that believes in purpose, and and I feel like if I can reach these teenagers, and if I can get them to understand the the power of discovering your purpose as a teenager, by the time you're 20, you're 21, you're 19, I, I was literally, guys, I was getting high and drunk and partying at 18 years old little bit over a year, probably, let's see, I went, I went to Canada on October 30th of 1999, on November 8th of the year 2000, I was literally in the Cayman Islands as a missionary, within a little bit over a year, about a year, and maybe 10 days or so, I was a, my life had been so radically changed, I went from being connected to druggies, alcohol, partying, robbing, just a mess, to now I'm a missionary, in a different country, at 19 years old. And that's how fast God moved in my life. That's how fast God moved in Peter, James, and John. It went from nothing to do both on Why? Because they connected with the right people. I left that old world and I connected with people that had visions. I, I connected with people that had purpose. I connected with people that had a passion. Why me? Why did God choose me? I, I, I've asked that question. God, why why I all old friends? Why, why am I? Uh, TBN. TVN, y'all heard TVN? You know the big Christian note? They did it for free. Cost me nothing. But maybe some gas to get up there. Our ministry, we had some gas you'd love to go up to the local Montgomery um, affiliate there. They recorded my testimony, a shorter version. Then they did like this behind-the-scenes, like reenactment thing. That literally got picked up by the national TV. It goes literally across the world. My testimony. And guess how much it cost that group? I was connected to the right people. Can I give you a cool cool money testimony? How many of y'all can use a little blessing financially in your life? If you, if you don't need a blessing financially, those of us that would will receive your blessing and make more. Goodbye, Anyway, I'll, I'll get on a Too short. try to get to the point here. It's 11 47. There's nothing wrong with doing what I was doing. So I don't want anybody to feel condemnation. Because sometimes when people hear a preacher and they, they, they hear his story, they feel like they have to take it this. own. Oh, so, you know, you have to have your own relationship. This is just how God is personally leading me. So I want to prequel all that before all Because there's nothing wrong with doing what I'm about to tell you. I'm looking around at some different uh, investment properties, some, some homes. You know, buy low, sell high, rent out, whatever I got a wife, I got a couple kids, so I'm a husband, so I'm just looking at very practical things, how to, you know, increase our uh, revenue, in understand some investments, nothing wrong with that, absolutely nothing wrong with that, and uh, I'm looking, and I'm seeing this, this place, and, and then this other place, and, you know, you've got to be led by the Holy Ghost, and it just, it just wasn't clicking in here, just wasn't feeling to, to stick, that toiling. So I kind of just was going on, and I was heading to the post office, and I think it was on Tuesday. And I heard on the inside, I and mean, I'm not saying God spoke with something out of a voice, Zachary, this is God your Father. How are you doing today? You know, it wasn't nothing like that. It wasn't all spectacular. But just on the inside, I heard, I just heard on the inside. Does that make sense to you? Know, I heard on the inside, and I heard this question be presented to me. So Zachary, what have I called you to do? I, I knew the answer. Just as much as I can tell you she's got black boots and, and you've got a green looking shirt and you've got a purple sweater and you've got a purple sweater. P- purple, 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 purple. What in the world is going on? A purple, purple. Wow, there's a lot of purple. There's a bunch of royalty up in here. Just as much as there's a whole bunch of purple in this church. I can tell you the answer to this question is I know that 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 I know. That I know, that I know, that I know. That I,
0: know, that I know,
1: that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know, that I'm called to preach the like, gospel. I know that. Like, I know thing. What do you understand. What are you called to do? Call the preach. And I heard back on the inside of me, I heard this. He says, You speak to preaching. God's speaking to me. You speak to preaching, I'll take care of the finances. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I receive it. I go about my day. I think, I think it was about two days later. I go to the mailbox. I open the mailbox, there's a package in there. I open the package, there's a bag in there. I just took a picture on my phone. I thought I'd putting it on the screen, that's what I'll take this to you about. But no, i just you just kind of confuse you. your own the imagination. There's a bag inside this package. Within the bag, there's a little small piece of plastic kind of wrapped up and it's got uh-huh. some coins in there. Within the big bag, there's a bunch of United States cash money in this bag. Y'all, what I'm trying to tell you is I was literally sent a bag of money in the mail. Come on, rejoice with you, brother. Hey, you rejoice for me. You're next in line, baby. But what makes it so significant is I'm trying to call you. Nothing wrong with doing that. Maybe that's the direction God's leading you to do. Man, more power to you. You can, you can flip a house and you can bless the church buying all kinds of cool stuff. But I'm saying for me personally, it wasn't the direction God was personally leading me. It. Tomorrow, you may find me a house and I'll flip it. God, thank you. i receive it. But, but you, you know what I'm saying. I don't want you to feel like any kind of con- condemnation. That's what you're doing. But I, on Tuesday, I'm getting this word. By Thursday, literally a bag of money was sent to me. I live in Alabama. This woman that sent this money to me, I've known for years. She's a partner of our ministry. She lives up uh, in Illinois, for She tells me this story. She says, I was at the altar. There's an altar again. Oh, I was at the altar. Bring. Oh, I'd be on my knees. Just like the folks. God spoke to her and said, take your jar. Take that jar where she been putting cash in for some time. Take that jar of cash and send me to Zachary. She does that as you know the jar wouldn't fit, so she ends up putting it in a plastic bag, sends me money. I gave it to day after work Just take the preaching. I'll take care of your finances. Do what God tells you to do. He'll take care of everything. I'm telling you, there is blessing in your obedience. What is Jesus telling you to do? Who is Jesus speaking to you? See, the reality of it is, God spoke to that woman in Illinois before He even spoke that to my heart in my Toyota Corolla on the way to the post office in Prattville, Alabama. God was speaking ahead of time to a woman at the altar in Illinois and telling her to send me money before He even told me that He was going to take care of my friend. Gosh, I don't hear you know what I'm saying. I'm telling you, God's provision is already there before He even tells you what to do. God's already speaking to someone, perhaps in another state, to come bless you and take care of you. And He hadn't even revealed to you what to do yet. My God in heaven has everything all worked out, Nicholas. It's already worked out. Our job is to incline our ear, Lord. What is it that you're saying to me? Who am I supposed to be connected with? Who am I supposed to be partnering with? Where am I supposed to work? Who am I supposed to be associated with? What is your plan, Lord Jesus? What am I supposed to do? And when He tells you, you may put up a little fuss and a little fight, but you're wasting your time. Do what he says. Do what he says. And his blessings. In your obedience. Close with this, verse nine. He says, For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that had taken no, which they had taken. I want you to notice that Peter and John and James, they weren't astonished at the message Jesus preached. They weren't astonished at um, the miracles that he did they were astonished at the fish in the boat you want to know why they were astonished at the fish in the boat just like you'd be astonished because it affected them personally their grandson got praying for him. yeah praise God thank you Jesus that's cool to us, nice lady but to them it messed up to Chandler it messed up why it affected them personally They were astonished at the catch of fish. They were astonished. i got a little note here. Jesus gave them provision naturally to reveal their spiritual call. What is God speaking to you to do in the natural? And you say, well, what does this have to do with my calling and my purpose? The very thing that Jesus is asking you to do may be a huge indicator of what He's called you to do spiritually. He blessed them with fish, he blessed them with a the net, he blessed them with the direction, and all of a sudden it says, Jesus says, and, and jail, were, were astonished, who were partners, 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 partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. Look at this. Do not be afraid. Fear not. From henceforth you will catch them. And the Bible says, So when they had brought their boats to the land, they first took all. Now, I, you know,
0: you can probably argue with me on this, but notice it says that Jesus said, do not be afraid, from now on you'll catch man. Verse 11 says, so when they had
1: brought their boats to land, they first all and followed him. i got maybe a little bit of an argument that Jesus was out there in the boat with them when they were catching fish. Is Jesus in your boat? Is Jesus out there telling you what to do? Be a great world of good to my soul. And even he, if he's not speaking to you, find that he's spoken to. Partner with him. Connect with him. May God bless you. Because your obedience to connect him and partner with him. For what's the ones that God's gives so submission. Amen? Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing today. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you so much for partnership and what it means. We think that a partnership is not uh, just some way for, for preachers to get money. It's not some way for us just to do some kind of uh, scheme or, or some kind of um, arm twisting thing. God, our friends, they can see, according to the word, that partnership is a way for us to reach a greater harvest. Partnership is a way for us to bring in the catch. Partnership is a way for us to reap the world. That's lost and dying and on their way to a sinner's hell. Father God, it's important that we partner with the right people. My prayer this, this morning is that You speak to hearts and You give them very clear directions. Father, I pray that You speak to Pastor Guy and Pastor Angie and the leadership here. And God, I thank You for every word that You've spoken, every direction that You've given them. God, I pray that that vision will be so clear, that that plan will Will be so laid out, so so uh, simply pictured in their mind that they, as they articulate it to people, that you start sending them Johns and James, that you start sending them James and Johns, that you start sending them partners to help gather in the harvest. God, it's my prayer that this church becomes so full cool that they either have to go to two services or they got to move out and find a new building. Father, it's my prayer that you begin to send workers. God, we don't necessarily... Pastors don't need another pastor. They need more workers, God. They need more workers. The laborers, the workers are few, but the harvest is plenty. So, Father, I'm praying you send more workers, send more people to help Pastor Guy to pull in the net. Come on! I hear the words, the net is breaking! We need your help! Come on, help me pull in to cry. Help me pull in the net. Help me pull in the net. My God ain't just for my boat. Bring your boat too. The blessing's about to fill your boat up as well. Father, bring the partners in. Bring the partners in. And Father God, I pray at Passion Church this time, Father God, hear the very Word of God. And the next time I come here, Father God, I pray that this church has quadrupled in size. I pray, Father God, that you begin to start stirring up hearts for two services. God, I begin to, to just declare over this place that the harvest is becoming greater than the net size that you have. I declare over this church that get ready and get prepared for another boat. One boat ain't enough. Get ready for another boat. One bird ain't enough. We need James and we need John to come alongside and start pulling in this harvest. Memphis, Horn Lake, South Haven, all these surrounding communities are ripe, ready for harvest. But the laborers are few. Let it not be said about Passion Church, DeSoto County. Let it not be said that the workers are few. Let it be said that, man, I am full of James and John's and my partners have come alongside to help and invite God which are living in life. We're not only reap people evil, but may be blessed in their pursuit of God as well. Father, let it be. I thank you for it. I bow my knee as this my custom. I give you all the glory. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your heart. I thank you for your love. Lord, let it be today. Let it be known today. May every word that I've preached this morning fall on the good ground. Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus from entering me from stealing this word. Cares of his life, lust of other things. May short be short and uh, uh, ground. I pray God that none of those people Father God fall uh, victim to that. But they on purpose here, act, receive
0: and produce fruit some 30, 60, 100 food. I give you all the glory God in
1: Jesus name Amen. I encourage you guys to come back tonight this morning was a little more teaching but tonight we're going to have some fun bring the sick bring the dead Spiritually or physically, let's see God do some miracles in this place, amen? God bless you, until next time, God be the Lord.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word.